Welcome back, God lovers, to another episode of I Need God Pod, the podcast for everything spiritual, religious, internet culture, and in between. My name is God Lover Kyle, and I'm the admin for the Instagram page I Need God in Every Moment of My Life, and today I'm joined by Dan Henschel. Dan is an internet comedian who kind of shot to fame this year doing different impressions of authority figures, kind of offering a critique of those in power. He's also known for some videos he's made about how to gaslight being a manipulative boyfriend, and he kind of does amazing satire work on TikTok and on Instagram. So if you want to check him out kind of to get an idea about what Dan is like, check out Dan Henschel, D-A-N-H-E-N-T-S-C-H-E-L, on TikTok, Instagram, even um, Twitter. He's super funny. And we had a lot to talk about, actually. We talked about his Catholic upbringing and his journey through faith and disbelief and rediscovering belief. And we talk about his thoughts about internet culture and fame and growing an audience online and performing for the internet We talk about our jobs that we've both had and different jobs we've kind of done as a joke or half-heartedly and, you know, questioning uh, just authority in general and um, a ton of other stuff as well, honestly. So get ready, buckle up and say your prayers. This is our Dan Henschel episode. Thank you, God, for loving me. You have given me my great artistic talent. May I always use it in a way that praises you. Amen. Amen. Hello. Thanks for having me. Welcome to I Need God Pod. I first, I feel like you came into vision this year for so many people, like you really popped off. But then for me, it was like when you started wearing the priest outfit, obviously, a ton of people started sending that to me. And I was like, wow, like, loving this, uh, loving this priest cosplay. So thank you. Yeah, I'm so glad that you liked it because I was worried that you would think I was stealing your bit by doing it but i because i had always been such a huge fan of your page oh really cool when did yeah. you f- how long have you been aware of i need god i think it was willow pill she had reposted something onto your story yes and it was yeah the consistent quality Thank you. The consistency is really, like, key, I feel like. Before we talk about the internet and stuff, I was curious about your religious history. Were you raised in any sort of certain faith or any tradition? Yes, I was raised Catholic, so I was baptized and got all of the sacraments. Yeah. What was your confirmation name? Oh my gosh, I actually don't remember. I think it was Francis or something. Francis, maybe? Like St. Francis. Maybe... George, because that's my middle name. Okay, so were your parents actually, like, uh, devoutly religious, or is it kind of just, like, you were Catholic and you were just, your family just kind of went? 
Um, I would say somewhere in the middle. They definitely were started to get very upset when I started to have these feelings of maybe this wasn't resonating with me as much as them. Mm -hmm. I think that that started to bother them when I was starting to like repeat my Reddit or atheism points. Mm -hmm. Um, But overall, they've actually been very supportive. So I have to give them a lot of credit. They, you know, I think we actually do have a lot of the same beliefs at the core, but it Uh just sort of comes out in different manifestations. Yeah, dressed in different ways, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Were your grandparents religious at all? Yes, I think. Well, I grew up in the Maryland suburbs in an area where kind of everybody was Catholic. Like Mm -hmm. 99% of people were white and Catholic. And I think that that was one of the things that I was thinking about earlier when I was trying to go through my religious history was I almost think that because of, and this is probably true for a lot of faith communities now, but that since we were kind of the first generation to have the internet, we started to, at a younger age, speaking for myself, I guess, I started to, I think, get alternative theology or different types of talking points that I wouldn't normally have been exposed to or that maybe, you know, my parents had never been exposed to at a much younger age. Yeah, definitely. Same with me. Um, Like, I'm from Pennsylvania, and it was 99% like white Catholic people, but like most places in the world aren't that much Catholic. So it is kind of rare to be from somewhere that's like predominantly Catholic in the United States. Yeah, that's something I never really realized until I got older. But I guess the majority, the U.S. is probably majority Protestant, right? Oh, 100. Yeah, definitely. Not 100% Protestant, but like 100% yes. Because (laughs) like even places that are Catholic aren't usually more than like 50% Catholic. But it just is like where I'm from. It's all these like Italian, Irish and Polish immigrants. So it's like they were just Catholic when they came here. And it's like what I knew. Now it's different. Yeah, like with the internet, it's way different. It changes how people experience faith because you could just know too much, basically. Like your community is online and there's so many different people there. Right. Um, Were you ever part of like any like forums or any online communities growing up? I had a computer in my room at a pretty young age, which was definitely a mistake. And I think one of the first places that I would frequent uh, were these message boards for Spider-Man, just like the general Spider-Man character. Uh, Sure. And also movie scores. That was another one I was a part of, Mm. something called Soundtrack.net. So it was was those two, comic books and movie Mm. scores. And even back then, it's funny because I brought this up to somebody recently and they said, oh, that makes a lot of sense seeing where you ended up. But uh, (laughs) that was sort of when I started like really enjoying to... I guess troll is the word because I would post these sort of things that I knew were going to upset people, but I was just kind of being a little shit. I don't know if I can say. You could say anything you want. Okay. All right. I got to be careful. Um, yeah. I feel like earlier in the internet, it was more anonymous. Like it was separate from your friend group and you could kind of just play whatever characters you wanted. And like, I wouldn't call it trolling, but it's like, maybe it is trolling. It's interesting because now you like use your full real name 
as your yeah like persona name was there any when you made your tiktok account where you're just like i'm dan henschel and it's it's okay that i'm playing characters i'll just have people google my full name <laughs> yeah i sort of i only really realized a few months in that maybe it was a mistake to use my actual name but i think that because i'm i've sort of got like i was always kind of in that entertainment track you know, if any publicity would be good publicity, so I just was happy if people knew what my name was at all. No shame. It's yeah. just, this is you. Yeah. <laughs> Were yeah. you, like, in theater in high school or in the comedy troupe in college or anything like that growing up? Um, In high school, I was the sound guy for the theater department, so I at least had okay. a little bit more dignity than the people who were actually, you know, yeah. front-facing. Performing. Definitely. They always tried to get me to do it, though, because we had there were so few men who wanted to do <laughs> the theater role. Yeah. So they had like one. Or we, we did Goss, Godspell one year. Oh. And it was pretty much, I hate to say this, but the only kid that we had to do leading male roles was like five, four or something. And so I see. they had him play Jesus because that was the only, you know, person. Mm. We missed out on you, like, we need the DVD of you singing the songs from Godspell in high school. That's so sad. No, well, there's a lot of videos from back then that I hope stay, you know, on a DVD in a drawer somewhere for the rest of time. Yeah. So you were making videos, like, with a DV camera or, like, with old digital cameras and making, like, for yourself or with your cousins or anything like that? Yeah, me and my brother, I had a younger brother. And so is he alive? Yes. I'm sorry. Yes, I got <laughs> it. Well, yeah, I guess I say that because at that time, my younger brother and I would make all sorts of stuff because I personally didn't have. I had friends, but it's, it was definitely like more of an insular sort of situation that I had at home. And we would kind of like play pretend like all kids do. But at I think. <laughs> We had mini DV tapes at the time, like the little cassette tapes. Yeah. So that was kind of where it started, at least technology-wise. With your kind of like TikTok, I feel like because you play it... Well, it's obviously satire, and it's obviously comedy, but I feel like because you play it straight, there are so many people who are like confused or something. Yeah, I think... I don't know if I have a humiliation kink or whatever it is but mm. there's a special little extra sort of makes me feel some kind of way when people take it at face value and then react accordingly if someone were to actually do these things but that's also kind of i think what's interesting for me about it is you know i always like to keep it grounded in reality to right like it can be real like it feels like it this is possible <laughs> yeah because i think the thing that i personally find the funniest is people being normal in their normal day-to-day lives because i used to i think that that comes from like a sort of voyeurism when i worked at an ad agency in georgia and Mm -hmm. my job was pretty much to go around to small businesses and film all of the you know people who wanted to like realtors to do their facebook videos or whatever it was and they were always really like not media trained at all and they were really uncomfortable on camera so sort of being able to film them and then go back and watch their idiosyncrasies like these people mm-hmm. who would normally never probably be in front of a camera at all. Yeah. 
you were inspired, inspired by them. that's that's interesting. You pull your inspiration from that like dynamic between the performer, like who's performing in front of the camera and why. It kind of reminds me of Michael Scott, I guess, a little bit because you play these kind of like authority figures who abuse their power in a flippant way. <laughs> yeah. Did that evolve? Like, how did when you were like posting TikToks, it, how did it evolve into you choosing these sort of like authority figures, like a uh, therapist, doctor, boss, teacher, judge? Like when you brought that up, that was really the first time that I had thought about it like that because I guess I really don't try to intellectualize it in my head too much um, uh-huh. but when you mentioned that i was like oh my gosh yeah going back and looking through it it's all kind of like a similar sort of like occupations that have a more revered status in society like you're supposed to trust these people these are the people we trust to society like the pilot yeah exactly <laughs> um that definitely started with the therapist because my mom was a therapist oh and so that was always like kind of an interesting i think that a lot of people like i said have this view of a therapist that's very much one-dimensional or it's like you know Mm. stigmatized to a certain extent or they think it's some oracle genie that's gonna fix all (laughs) right like it will fix them (laughs) but for me the therapist in my life was the person who caused all of my problems psychologically. Mm. And also it was a blessing too, in some ways, because I grew up with Mm. a really heightened sense of emotional awareness. Right. Since your mother's a therapist. Yeah. So I, I sort of had that grammar. Right. My whole life. You were raised. But at the same time, (laughs) it was interesting to like my comparison for every therapist is, how much they remind me of my mother and the therapist is always mom to me right of course how else would it be yeah but why would your mom being a therapist did she recommend you get therapy or is this something you chose to do or is it just like something that your family encourages because it's part of the family like i think that there was always an openness there in my family about emotions and about these sort of like we had dysfunctions like any other family does but I think that because that was my mom's industry, um, if we, when I first started to come to them and say that I was having mental health problems or these sorts of things mm-hmm. were happening, they were like, oh, well, then we go to therapy and get meds and all that stuff. That's just what you do. So nice. That definitely, I feel fortunate for that in retrospect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not a lot of people grow up with that kind of environment or encouragement or like openness about that kind of thing especially 20 years ago i guess compared to now i guess more popular now than ever yeah for better or worse it was interesting too because as a kid i would remember my mom coming home from her day of seeing clients and she would like listen to the voicemails on speaker and just sort of say like oh my god shut up you know and and all (laughs) that kind of stuff so i think seeing that definitely informed my understanding that a therapist is just a person you know like anybody else and they're probably a lot of times crazier than you are yeah i guess it's kind of a lot like when your mom or dad is a teacher at the school it's like the teacher is never a person but like if you live with a teacher then you're like wait (laughs) they are just like a person too but like 
it's kind of like that with any authority figure, I guess. They become more than human in a way. I feel like your videos are so good at that, just like undercutting the like the kind of like perceptions that these like people have by like subverting like what you'd expect them to say, I guess, or whatever. Yeah, that's super interesting, honestly, because again, that was never something I thought about consciously. But now that you explain it, that is sort of how I always felt and how I feel now, especially growing up going to Catholic school. I went to Catholic school pretty much until college. And so okay. I almost... So you went to Catholic school all the way through high school? Yes. Yeah. So you were going to mass in high school, like as a teenager? Yeah, every week. And, reading, and you were reading the R Atheism posts? Yes. And <laughs> my girlfriend at the time in high school got in a really big fight one time because another friend of ours had infamously gone on reddit and looked at all of these things and become an atheist after that and so she was really Mm -hmm. concerned because she was definitely drinking the kool-aid at that time and Mm. didn't want what happened to him to happen to me basically oh my gosh (laughs) and then she ended up becoming an atheist later anyway so i was technically right the whole time technically right what do you mean no, i mean not like that but in the the argument i mean i was oh okay right right yeah right. she had no place to tell you what to believe yeah obviously. exactly so at that time i think because that was the main force in my life and that was the main authority there was a mm. natural sort of backlash you know having that consistent authority figure made me want to distance myself from the church and all that as much as possible yeah. I think that happens to a lot of people because now, yeah. now that you mention it, <laughs> I certainly wouldn't describe myself as an atheist. Now, I think honestly, I've as I get older, the more I sort of go back to those things that Catholicism gave me and mm. realize that probably, like I said, I think that when I actually talk to a lot of the people from my hometown and we have philosophical discussions and all that stuff, we usually end up agreeing on most things in general. Mm-hmm. I mean, Such as? Heaven. I remember having a discussion with my dad about heaven because I was sort of being introduced to this concept that heaven might not necessarily be a physical place. It might be like a state of being after you die where you sort of live on in the ether, in the memories of mm-hmm. people and your legacy and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know that could be it i don't know but i think it's a good way it's not a bad way to think of it yeah but i remember my dad saying that he actually pretty much felt like that was he f- agreed with me pretty much yeah and, so you're on the same page kind of yeah and the only reason that yeah. we had sort of butted heads on what exactly you label it mm. you know i think right. it just had different manifestations for both of us Yeah, and I think, like, people who are our parents' age, like you said before, they screw up in a different time, they had access to different information, society was different in a number of ways, so it's like, there's a transformation going on spiritually in America right now. (laughs) Like what? What what would you say? Like... And that's the end of our free episode with Dan. If you want to listen to the full conversation, there's about 30 more minutes left on our Patreon page at patreon.com slash I need God. You could sign up there and unlock all of our episodes, listen to as many as you want, 
and your subscription at any time. I appreciate anyone and everyone who who like chips in and gives a little because it helps me continue to have the willpower to make more episodes for you guys. And if you join at our angel tier, then I'll send you a special package in the mail and you'll get your name read on our prayer list. So if you will, just close your eyes and let us pray for our angels, Allison White, Emily June, Jenna, Neve Parker, Nicole, and Tyler Hill. For them, Lord, hear our prayer. This podcast has been kindly edited by David Sutrin. <laughs>